and welcome to New Wakanda. This is Dejan Sneed and joined as always by my co-host Talon Kell. Hi, how you doing? We are alive and thank y'all so very much for this brief but appreciated hiatus for us coming into a, a new year, a new opportunity, surviving the pandemic and coming about in our creative lives to see where we are in quarter one, 2021. So again, thank everybody so much. Hopefully this message finds everybody well. And yeah, so we are back at talking about our creative journey and the intersection of black creativity and how we find our space and our place in our creative endeavors. So all that said, Talon, how are you? <laughs> um, I'm making it. I'm making it. Um, things are unsettled as they have been. And you feel like you could adjust to the new normal. But, you know, we still are. A lot of us are still like, oh, this is not going to be my normal ever. So it's. Yeah, it this I. I'm struggling, but I've been struggling, but it's no worse than it's been for the past, you know, six to eight months. So, you know, it's better than it was a year ago. I'll say that. <laughs> well, I can definitely echo that part. It's better than it was a year ago. And, you know, cause I honestly look back at it. I, I pretty much chronicle that this is last year was probably about one of the hardest years of my life outside in, inside and outside of the pandemic. So it, it really took a, a toll on myself and my family. And I look at it of, it feels like on some efforts, uh, you absolutely are, are happy that, you know, you're in a new year, you survived and you made it. And sometimes I'm looking at 2021, like it's trying to outdo 2020 in a lot of different ways. So I'm back, I'm at the same point I'm making it. I think that we have some great opportunities ahead, but I feel like if anything, and there's so many things we can talk about since the last time that we connected on this, that I think of out of all of this, my understanding of, of really what humans and humanity is all about is just really being, um, I don't know. I mean, it's not the things I didn't think I knew, but it's, it's seeing the highest of highs and the lowest of lows all at the same time just really makes me think about who I'm communicating with and, and what we're talking about. And do people understand things that are going on, you know, and I mean, we could take the pandemic just as a, just a simplest example. I wouldn't think like this, you know, at this stage in life that we'd be arguing or turning down vaccines, right? Like, oh, we got something that may help you not be in this historic pandemic, uh, you know, get COVID-19. And it's a whole dichotomy of, of people not taking it and why and all this other stuff. And that's not to say good or bad or indifferent, but it's just from where we were, to where we are now, like, you know, we're all fretful. It's going to take years to have something. And now it's, we got something. Nah, we good. <laughs> we're just going to have all-star weekend and, and we'll, we'll be all right. And it's just I'm kind of in questioning why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Trying to make these comic books. 
because it seems like it's very microscopic right now uh, compared to a lot of other things. But in spite of all of that, I think I also look at the flip side that I'm absolutely thinking this might be the thing that people, this might be the last thing people see I, that I do. So I better Whoa. get on the good foot and, and do it. What the heck does that right. mean? I mean, it means what it means, right? Is that it's, I mean, we could look at just in a simple sense and you, you know, the Mars not promised. So these years of self doubt and, and, and imposter syndrome and apprehension that I, I see are slowly but surely, you know, taking away from the other side of that clock. It just means that I gotta, I gotta start finishing stuff that I can't leave things in the committee of my mind the way that I thought I could, what I'm just used to doing. And so that's it. It's I've got to start putting things out. So I just got to look at it that way now because, you know, we can obviously I want to talk about some other topics, but, you know, we just had a run of like, you know, from a hip hop standpoint. Right. You know, seeing yeah. all these people in their early 50s, your 50s, young, you know, and they're just it's in a line and it's not like it's. Uh, you know, it's just unexpected, sudden loss of life, particularly black life, especially black male life, right? And it seems like it's hitting home. It's just like, man, you know, I'm not, I'm not that far away from all that stuff. That's very adjacent to me and to, you know, looking at their creative legacy as creatives and you still haven't got that Sorghum and Spirit book out yet? I was like, okay, I've got to start doing something to start evaluating how I do that. And that's not to put a pressure on me, but that's just a oh, no, that was just put a honest realization. That was yeah. to put pressure on you. <laughs> don't don't bullshit yourself. That was to put pressure on you. Yeah, I mean that's that's the pressure that's there. So I think at least acknowledging that thought. But in that sense, 2021 for so many reasons has just got a lot of those pressures built in. I mean, in, in that sense, we're still full-on pandemic it's not that uh you know there's been a global shift one way or the other but you know from a creator standpoint i think that that just that's how i'm thinking because i'm seeing these type of creators that i'm thinking like are are not that far but if not my peer group absolutely emulate and appreciate and they're checking out of here right and left and so that's got me kind of thinking a certain way. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Um, yeah, you know, and you're right. Like I look at the age of these folks and like they're within five to seven years of me and dropping like flies. That's a horrible way to put it, but they are passing and it is unexpected and shocking and scary. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you're, I mean, that, that's just simply it. And I think it's, it just further, at least in my, on my end, it just further puts that, 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 that point of disconnect from where I am creatively with other creators. Cause again, you know, we don't have, a lot of those same the word might be safeguards, the way maybe check-ins, it could be just, you know, our ecosystem that in some senses, you know, galvanizes and empowers 
But now we're going on, you know, yet another year where we're not physically in the same spaces. We're not, I think, even socially in the same places, right? So, you know, it's new ideas and new spaces and because we're all just at home and, and in front of our computers exponentially more, now that's, that's normal. That's not the, oh, we're just doing this to get by. I, I think like the way that we just communicate it, especially over this past year, is just taking this fundamental shift. And that's the part where I'm trying to figure out how do I talk to people again, even in a social setting, like where I'm starting to come out and, and trying to put myself in a sense of this is how I should do. I should, should go to my office. I should go to the grocery store and, you know, with intent versus the, I'm just going to sneak in and sneak out in the dead of night. Um, you know, it's, it's just, how do I, how do I function like this now? And so I think that's been my biggest thing outside of the, I've got to finish stuff. It's now again, how do I fit in to a space that just seems weird now? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I get that. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's actually a big question. Cause I've been asking myself, like, are you going to go back to conventions? And my answer has actually been no. I become a little bit more hesitant when I think about, okay, people are getting vaccinated and so forth. So that might change things. I mean, conventions, they're coming back. There was already an in-person convention last month. Wait, last month, like two weeks ago, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, and people are planning on having in-person conventions, you know, this year, the rest of this year. And next year you saw New York Comic Con has been like, okay, we have ours set up. We're going to start, you know, like they plan on having New York Comic Con um, and it's read pop. So they also do um, Emerald City Comic Con and a couple others and they are planning to have both in person and at home like remote mm-hmm. programming for people who don't want to come in so it's it's the reality is that you know and mind you we've known this from jump there's a big push to go back in person and for conventions you know the big thing about conventions is that they are spaces that people went to because it got them in closer proximity to the types of things that they wanted to be close to, be it celebrities, be it fans, people in their fandom, be it cosplayers or a space where they could cosplay with others and socialize. Um, it, it's the in-person experience is an, an intrinsic part of convention life. And so people really want to get back to that. And the ones who were profiting of it definitely want to get back to that. The ones who are making a living, you know, primarily through conventions definitely want to get back to that. And I don't know if like I never made a living in that sphere. Mm-hmm. It was always more of a social, artistic, creative, not necessary. I mean, like it's necessary, but it wasn't necessary for my survival. I didn't perceive it as such, I should say. And so I I don't know. I don't know if I'll be going back at all. And um 
as far as how it's affecting my artistic endeavors, I mean, for me, like I know how you said it, it's motivating you to get stuff done. For me, it's motivating me to to take more pleasure in things and to stop focusing on the grind all the time, which I've had to stop doing anyway. Um, but it's a very hard habit to break. And um, I just I'm like, I, I really just want to keep finding the joy in doing things and not feel like I'm on this wheel, this hamster wheel of productivity. Um, that seems to be the way that we are taught conditioned to think life has to be. So yeah, it's a, this is, this is definitely one of those, like you have to really sit with yourself and reflect and prioritize what things matter to you and why, and then try to figure out if there are ways that you can pursue them without doing additional harm to yourself. And that continues to be the question. Is that, is that possible? That's a good point. And, and again, I, and I can't disagree with the with the notion of not even bothering with in-person things right now. I definitely get that reasoning and, and understanding and 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 honestly from a safety and just our our new normal standpoint, uh I see that that would probably be the sagest of advice. Just it's not worth it. But to your point, it's still a space and a place and it's it's just happening. I think it's whether or not it's attrition or apathy of why people it just in the sum want to be in that space. And I'm not going to act like I don't want to be in that space. Uh, it, it's just, I think it kind of goes to this earlier part, like what kind of world is this? But it's to me, I, I understand why people want to have it. Cause I think it's, it's just this, it's the human condition. Like we, for the most part, are social creatures, right? We want to be around folks and be around each other, especially for things that we can vibe in and, and really see ourselves in there. I think we've all indulged in a bit of escapism through media, through technology, and through just this a sense of isolation, right? So I think it's just something that you know we're in a historic space where we haven't had that in. And in contemporary times where we've had to had to be like this and to your point like it's the big industry says you know we we need our oil right we we got to keep moving and that that's not a clarion call for us to just jump between the gears but at the same time like you said it i think you'd said that maybe it might not be like your your point of viability, but I think we both know for a lot of folks that it is. And, you know, it's a, it's a method of economics. Like if somebody's going to go at that show and people are going to bring money and they're going to spend it, then you may need to be there. And it's the same thing that, you know, I think of like art is, a, is an essential, is essential work, right? We have to have art and able to, to survive, like we wouldn't have made it through this pandemic if it wasn't for art, media, and things that you know help us. You know, in all in all those points of entertain, inform, you know, uh, express all the things that art, media, and and the creative class you know bring to uh bring to society. But I can't say I could eschew these folks for doing that 
because I just personally, I know so many artists that are like, you know, without these conventions, I can't make it. And no matter how digital we get, art is a, I think it's a, it's an experience, best experienced in person for most folks. So I know that Repop and these other spaces are, are businesses, but it's to me, it, it, I feel like it is, it's not an essential service, but it serves an essential purpose. And whether or not that's worth you going to a con, braving a con, however that is, I see it both. I see it both ways. So the same way that even before the, the pandemic, you know, really kind of hit its peak, you know, of people thinking, well, I still got to go to work. Right. I, I don't have that system. Now that speaks large to a larger social thing. I think, you know, larger social complex and, and, and workforce and you know, how we all do. But I get it. Uh, I think is was what I'm, I'm at the end saying. I get it. We, we're going to need conventions again, whether that's the digital thing, which we know we can definitely speak to, or if it's the in-person. I mean, and again, I'm, I, I get that. I just, so, I mean, you've kind of, you've touched on this a little bit. Convention spaces on like, they, they're, they're, we have such huge social problems that are part of the convention space. Like, like all of the the problems with exploitation and all of that stuff is all part of it. All the stuff with overwork and um, who gets what access and all of that, all that is part of that space also. And so, you know, I, I, and I'm like you, I'm not knocking people who are like, I have to do it. I have to go out there. If I don't go out there, I don't make money. I mean, it, 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 it has been not eye opening to me, like all the stuff, the social issues and stuff that are part of our society, um, that are also part of convention spaces were not a surprise for me. Like I was never in denial about how those spaces operate and who suffers in those spaces and how they suffer. Um, the the thing about it was that at the time that was the best we had and now we have nothing, right? So we have nothing and that nothing provides an opportunity to possibly do something different. And, you know, what we see is people being like, no, we're going to go back to the same. And then this is also not necessarily a criticism. It's just an observation. Um, how I feel about that. Um, I know I'm coming from a space where, you know, as I've already said, I don't make my living in that area. So I'm privileged. If I don't want to go back, I don't have to go back. It's not going to harm me. It's not going to hurt my family. If I don't, um, I can come up with different options. I don't, and I can't speak for other people. I don't know what their options are. I don't know if they have other options that they can possibly do. Um, but it it is a little troubling to to see. Okay, we're we're really going to try to keep doing the exact same thing that we've been doing that was you know not quite working, but was the best that we had. You know, I I don't have an answer to that either. So me even talking about it is probably like what, you know, shut up. Uh, 
like what am i doing if i can't solve this problem why am i even bringing up the problem um but yeah it's i don't know i don't know i i can really only speak for me there are ways that i if i'm really interested in trying to move product or whatever that i'm willing to explore and try that as opposed to going back into those spaces those spaces have always kind of felt a little bit unsafe for me there were things about it that you know bothered me and i'm with covid and learning about the general filthiness of the american public i'm kind of glad not to be you know out there and having to figure out how to combat that all the time so i don't know i don't know but i'm not like you i'm not knocking people who are who have to be in there because that's a tough decision to have to make i'm just i count myself lucky that i don't have to and i'm probably not going to I feel like I can socialize in other ways. I think that's the other thing that came out of COVID. It's like when I was doing, when I was constantly yo-yo dieting and doing Weight Watchers, um, when I came off of it, I had to, I was making decisions about what foods I was going to eat again, like what things were going to stay off the table and what things were going to come back. And I feel like that with my relationships um, during this pandemic, like there were a lot of relationships that just kind of like all of the in-person relationships I had had to just go away. And now I'm kind of deciding which ones I want to bring back. And it will definitely not be all of them. So, yeah. Well, your point, I think, uh, I think it's for different folks. You know, what, what works well in that instance, because I think people already had their idea of virtual and and physical type of relationships, communications before the pandemic. And I think it's just been a, it's just been a re- reset of how little or how much of that you've been changed by or influenced or affected by the pandemic. But to your point, you know, it may be a point where you don't have to, or now it's a point where you absolutely have to. You know, change your your way of interaction, but I think uh, us as creatives, that's always been some part of our journey. Is how do we get our message across best to others, or how do others receive what we say and and want to respond, interact, or connect in kind? So the lack of the physical, I think it just just makes the digital either that much more appealing or that much more unappealing to a sense that you're going to go to an, an extreme one way or the other. And I think that's what we're seeing again, the point that people are like, bring it on. I'll, I'll, I'll get my shot or maybe not get my shot and I'll go wherever you say, or vice versa of I'm, I'm not leaving this house for the next couple of years. Right. It's just till everything is said and done. So, we still have to, at least as artists, kind of work in that sense. Now, I've been kind of the, I guess, to fully in, in involved the conversation there. You know, I've been working with a local theater here in Atlanta that's that's basically trying to hedge their bets on both sides. And I feel like they represent a lot of how I've been about how things may go from probably this summer on onward. 
So um, the theater is building a, say, I guess a full production of traditional theater and where they have plays and, uh, and in-person events. Of course, completely shut down and done, done in by COVID. But their, their goal is to create a open space theater that, that's basically like a tent that you know, has free flowing, that has flowing air, has all of the COVID protocols you could think of, you know, small tables spaced out, but they want, they need to, to perform theater. Otherwise, these actors and actresses don't, don't get a chance not only to progress, but, you know, but just to survive. So it's just the idea of they couldn't do anything else. So they had to think of this as a sense of how can we get our art out there? And then on the contrast, they brought me in as a consultant to work on a, a digital solution of how do we connect with patrons who don't want to come to our show, but want to see our show. And so now it's this idea of how do the arts in that sense, those in-person arts, how do they adjust right now? How do they make it into whatever is the next phase? So I've been privy on, on my side to, to see a pretty prominent group of folks that, again, in normal circumstances, you know, get a chance to kind of write and manifest their own destiny, now have to make that type of choice. And not only make that type of choice, but understand that they're asking other folks to make that choice with them, right? Because if you're putting it on a show or a concert or something now, it's not just, hey, I'm willing to do it. It's like, I've got to convince you to be willing to do it too. And so, you know, you're asked, it's, it's that community contract of, hey, we both agree we need this to happen. So whatever happens, happens. Hopefully it's, you know, as, as with all this stuff, right, is that it, it goes as, as expected. But just like every other place, you know, there's laws in place. Like if you show up, it's on you. We don't know and we can't determine how this is going to go out. But it's a, I think it's a good picture of how folks understand safety and, and safety and necessity, right? And with art being the necessity, um, out of, you know, obviously there's an economical um, underpinning, uh, economic underpinning that um, would be part of it. But it, it just it's that chicken or the egg, right? We we are we are where we are. And and been now kind of working in and trying to understand how best to interact with folks in the virtual space has been uh, has, has been a masterclass in humanity, right? Like trying to get people to use something different that's that's not as haptic, not as tactile. That that's been a challenge, and I think across the board, it's been a challenge, and it's just interesting that it's going to get more challenging, right? But we're not adapting. Well, I say like as a society, because mm -hmm. I think we expect it to go back or again, that's just what's programmed in our DNA, right? Is to be around people to, to, to have those type of, you know, we live in a physical world. We have physical senses, right? It's, um, you know, that's what builds our sense of imagination and creativity all, all of this. And so when we try to turn it off and just put it to just, you know, a minimal estate, I feel like just from a society standpoint, if we see so much rebellion, it's we can't, we're not built like that. You know, here's the thing, though. Here's the part that's always been kind of 
irritating me about this whole conversation. Not with you personally, just the, the general conversation in the zeitgeist is that I don't have a problem with people having small events, but the goal was never to have small events. Like when the events were small, it's always considered a failure. And so as we watch cons happen and grow, you know, the the profit potential goes up with because it's a numbers game, right? Um, the ability to make money goes up the more people you have coming through that space. But we're now in a situation where having a large number of people come through the space is actually the health hazard where more is not better. And so that is that directly affects conventions and how they operate. Um, and I mean, and we've seen it like one of the issues that we people have had with Dragon Con for years is that the space that they're using and how they're using it cannot accommodate the number of people who want to be there and who are going and they never cap it. So it ends up being this overcrowded, very unpleasant experience as they try to manage the crowds without ever taking and doing anything to reduce the size of the crowds. And so with with this pandemic and where crowds are actually the one thing that will create your super spreader event. (laughs) Um, It's like, and I know they're saying that they're trying to be responsible about it, but being responsible about it is really going against how they've been trying to operate for years. The closest that, I mean, I'll, I'll give um, New York Comic Con and Read Pop this because New York Comic Con, you know, and San Diego is doing the same thing. You got your ticket by lottery. Like you couldn't, they, there was definitely a cap on how many people could get into that space. Um, but they've had to reduce it and they have to keep reducing it. Uh, to accommodate this. And so like, how does that translate into uh, people's business plans when the the business plans are really rooted in, you know, having as many people as possible. So like there, there, there's just too many things that have to happen um, to make this seem even remotely like responsible to me for me and again i don't have to worry about that but you know if i were were operating as a vendor there would be that part of me that's just like okay how are you going to assess this if you know the goal is to get in front of people and we know it's going to be a very limited number of people like how is this going to is this going to be worth my while anymore because that's the other question you have to start asking and there are some people who are just like no matter what as long as they're in front of people that's great And there are other people who are like, yeah, you know, I got to really think about, you know, the cost of traveling and, you know, getting there and then realizing only this many people are going to come in and see my stuff. Is this worth it? I don't know. I mean, again, it comes back to everybody has to answer that question individually because, you know, whatever things that would happen, you know, systemically are, are, it's not going to, they're not, it's not going to help you like that. That's right. That's a done deal. (laughs) give that shit up yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh it's not gonna change right it's it is what it is there in in that sense like our government was dead up like survival of the fittest every man for himself work it out and that has been the steady 
you know, feedback we've gotten as a society, as, as a, a, you know, a population that if you need to take care of yourself and you need to do whatever you think is best, but what we're going to mandate are going to be things that are going to actually help what we consider to be the economy, because that is the most important thing in all of this, in our opinion. And so that's a, that's been a hard thing for me to, I mean, I've known it's the truth, but it's hard to stare it in the face like that. Absolutely. So, but, but I think it's the type of staring contest we're just going to keep having, right? Because we, as a society, a government, you know, all of us in some, as a, I guess, as a society, are going to keep having that conversation until one extreme or the other happens. And I feel like as creatives, we're stuck in the middle, right? You know, we, we're needed to, you know, more than ever, the valuation of what we do is at all time high, but economically the disparagement of where we are is at all time low. And it's, it's just not meeting in the middle. And to your point, you know, there's not programs and not processes and we're all trying to create and make in this hodgepodge of, of policy uh, apathy and anger, right? Is is you know for every it seems like every day there is something, right? And now we're laser focused on 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 so many key things, right? Whether you know we can say it between George Floyd or unfortunately to say the person of the day that is has become you know part of this carnival or racial injustice that. You know, we just get to unfortunately witness their demise every single day. It's somebody new and or somebody, you know, some something that's happening to someone that's just simply being highlighted. And it's just yet another kind of negative spark or a blow against, you know, if we're speaking specifically about America. But then at the same time, I think we see where from just leaps and bounds that our world is is changing. Right. So the, the idea of, you know, we weren't talking NFTs this time last year. Like now that's a thing. Right. And mm-hmm. it's a mass adoption of, of crypto or, and blockchain. Right. And those are things that were artistic tools to start off with. But now are, you know, are economically commodified. Mm-hmm. And particularly for us as creators, black creators, creators of color. Um, like a lot of these things we are being told we're not, we're not on the, we're not on the side of that. All right. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate because you would think the, the technology that could help artists are absolutely not owned by artists. And so it's just yet another thing that we have to go through. Well, no, wait, you don't use NFTs. Well, you know, you know, you can't make $69 million off of this off of your art. Um, but the computer, you know, but a computer algorithm will steal it for free and just put it on a t-shirt. And it's like, you just shake your head. Like, why am I doing this? And, uh, that is a question, isn't it? <laughs> right. And so that's, so the journey and, and the, the topography changed, uh, particularly for, uh, for visual artists. And at the same time, the way that we're compensated may be changing. Uh, I mean, I hedge my bets that it's, it's, not, it's, uh, 
it's a bubble market still, no matter what. Um, for uh, for crypto and NFT, I think they're fantastic things, but I think under a general non-pandemic circumstance, they don't have uh, they don't have the core sustenance to um, to uh, to exist. So, but that doesn't mean that artists shouldn't be involved in it because there's real money being transmitted and transferred. So I think it's the idea of technology just being as a tool, not being uh, not being completely itemized in a way that it helps the creative class. I think it's making it classism, if not if anything else. There's a handful of artists that may have already curated and be ahead of the curve on this, but by the time it's full adoption, is it going to be a thing? Right. Because, you know, if even if I minted a, a quality piece for Sorghum and Spear, which in full disclosure, I'm already working on it. But the thing is, the people that I want to buy it can't buy it or may not buy it because they don't use crypto or maybe they don't use this particular version of crypto. And even if they did and I went to the bank, that's not to say that that's worth anything by the time I get to the bank because it could it could go away. My account could be locked out. It's so many of these things that it's all speculative. It's all it's volatile and speculative futures that we didn't craft or create. Mm -hmm. And so that's the idea is this even worth an artist's time. I mean, I, I appreciate the brilliance of what it is and the idea of from an, a, a shared economy or transmedia. It's a very cool thing, but it's yet another version of classism to me. It's just the haves and have nots. And Always. then it's something that, you know, and then it's something you can't even make right without someone else's uh, materials and components. So it's, it's a, it's, it's not scarcity. It's uh it's scary. So it, uh, I hope that for the other part of that is, well, I don't have to deal all with this stuff if I just go to a convention in person. And that's absolutely true. But then we're back to the conversation of, of earlier of, of what does this mean? And what are you willing to risk for this, um, this Funko pop that you just absolutely got to have on your desk, right? Is it, uh, your family lives or is it, you know, not as bad as, as it's not in that extreme as, you know, maybe naysayers of doom or doomsayers may, uh, may have it. But that that same, I guess, idea of trip of uh, you know of peril is the same thing as going to the grocery store. So then what? Mm. So it's it can be. I mean, I, I mean, it's it is higher, obviously. But I'm just saying, like you know, you're still in that sense of you need food. You need food, but that doesn't. <laughs> you need food, but. I think the thing is you need food, but it's still a point of, I'm saying it more of, of course, it's a point of exclusion, right? And you're, and it's just another variable in your, will, will something happen to you while you're out? Right. It's not, it's not going to care as much. Well, you were doing something, you were doing the right thing. You were out for food, so you're not going to get it. Right. And again, I don't want to get into the, 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 the health, the uh, the healthcare side of that because I can't say I know it you know from uh, infection rates and all that other stuff it's just the 
to your point, you got to go out for food. You got to go out. And it's time, and it could be one of those, well, while I'm out, I'm going to go get this Funko Pop. But again, I think that's just uh, a choice. And, you know, we exist here in Georgia where it seems like we're we're walking backwards on so many things. Yep. COVID, one. COVID being one, you know, us um, regressing Voting our... Rights. Yeah, us regressing our, our civil rights. Uh you know, I think, you know, there are going to be some special water fountains installed at the airport soon. You know, we're going to, we're going to go all the way <laughs> until something. Wow. Until something change. I mean, it, it's a full assault of, uh, what can we get away with while, while COVID's going on? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, this is not. Oh, yeah, this is depressing. Come on. Do we have anything happy we could talk about? Yes. I think the idea is that we still, we're still here and still on the point of impact and change. So that's one start. But at the same time, we're, we're still in a sense where all these things that we talked about <laughs> can still work in our favor. So I think the tide is not the darkest of night just yet. But I think it's the idea of Quarter one, 2021 has a ton of changes. I feel like we've almost had a year compacted in the first, uh, first three months to be sure. Even just from like three or four things, we, you know, we've changed the president. We've gotten vaccines to the most, for the most point that we've got multiple vaccine opportunities. We've gotten. Yeah, all these new ways to uh, financially interact you know, between NFTs and crypto. So there is ways, at least in a sense, to, to work on that. And I do think in a positive for a lot of people, the idea of, of remote work may finally be more of a, a larger adaptation. I think that's good. Um, I think it can be good for families, but at the same time, it's, we still have to make some changes of what we think is a work week, right? That's always been my thing. Like 40 hours of a work week has always been too much for me. Not because, eh, you know, I don't want to work, but it's more of most countries don't work that much. Um, That's just an American thing. But I always feel like being able to be economically viable, no matter, you know, matter your zip code, I think that helps, you know, keep, um, you know, keep you as a, as an option for, uh, for mobility. So I think that's always good. So on top of that, you know, we are still working on projects We're we are still creating ourselves. So, and we know people that are creating, right. We've seen some successes, uh, you know, if we kind of point to, you know, I think coming into the new year, you know, I'm thinking of like Roy Okupe and, and him getting a, a well-deserved, a uh, publishing opportunity with Dark Horse Comics. That one comes to mind. Uh, I think of Tim Fielder and his uh, well-received book, Infinitum. I'm sure Renee Thomas, just keeping her ascension up with um, with her editorial um, work as well as just, I think there's just a lot of people that are seeing some wins. Mm-hmm. So I think in that sense, in a positive way, whether it's a a recognition of quality talent or we're at peak white guilt. Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> black people 
that are being moved along in their in their careers and in a way that not necessarily seems to be um what's the way to say it it is it, it feels authentic it feels like hey these people are are you know people being recognized for quality work oh that was the it does it's not it's not they're just it's not mediocre. It's not mediocrity. They're not rewarding mediocrity. Mediocrity. They're right. actually taking the time to recognize good stuff. Yes. Um, so I think that, you know, mm-hmm. or closer to that. Um, that's what you were getting at. Okay. Um, because we do see that. I mean, I think that shit that just won at the Oscars. I cannot remember the name of it. It was a Netflix thing. Um, it was like a short where literally the short was this guy is trying to get home and no matter what way he chooses, he gets killed by a cop. And so it's like Mm. groundhog day. And it came out on Netflix like a month ago and it was already an Oscar contender. And everybody was just like, what the hell? What? What? Mm. It's almost (laughs) like y'all read the memo and be like, we're going to do the opposite of what everybody said. And so, (laughs) (laughs) And, that, and it won. It won. Um, and so, like, when you see something like that, and it's like, okay, this is straight up pandering in a weird way, but it's not pandering to black people. It, it's pandering to what, you know, how white people see black stories and where black stories are supposed to fit into the general narrative of America. And it's always trauma. Like, it it's a little frustrating to keep seeing that and for it to be so damn predictable. Um, but yeah, it is good to see artists who are, you know, we just continue to watch their come up grow and grow in the ways they want them to, which right. is, you know, spectacular. All right. Agreed. Agreed. And that's why I feel like it, it's been some, some positive changes. And I think out of all of this, there has been at least the conversation, which is part of any type of progress that I think there is a fair amount that has been authentic. Obviously, some's contrite, some of it's publicity and some of it is, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm here so I don't get fined. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, it's compliance. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. It is compliance. But I think it just goes to show that like all, like all things. And I don't think it necessarily took the pandemic or some other points for it to truly have to happen. But I think there is some parts of the conversation overall that, that seem to be on the winning side. I think there's some stuff of this that we'll keep. And I think part of it is this, this complete outcry for social justice. And I feel another part of it is the daily footage of injustice just keeps coming on and as soon as someone says well we don't have that problem that problem comes on three or five different channels yeah and so whether or not we're talking about you know racial quality um you know quality across gender or across um uh, across um orientations that we we see that there's still a lot of work to do not like a little bit of work to do like a lot of work to do so to that point, I think the acknowledgement of bare minimums has also been a thing that I think in a good way we've stopped doing. 
of, you know, when we're talking about allyship of, of creators, particularly creators of color, black and, and, and BIPOC plus creators just saying, hey, I support you. Um, you know, that's not enough. Or just, hey, I'm here for the photo op. Thank y'all. Like, it's just like, we don't applaud the way of the way that I think it used to just be an autopilot, just an auto thing. Hey, somebody, you, you know, someone else outside of our our group showed up. We will cherish you forever. <laughs> now I think it's a thing of <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do, right? It's just we 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 don't accept bare minimums with the ovations anymore. So I feel like things like that work well, but again, I think it's because there are some some real good conversations being had and some good things are happening out of it. So I think we've got some, we definitely have the momentum. It's just the change that I think we're seeing being sustainable and and just like sustainable and authentic because, you know, I don't, I don't prescribe as much to the, Democrat versus Republican. It's it, it, it's all a very it's two arms on the same monster. You know, the, uh, yeah, exactly. It's two tentacles on the same monster. Uh, or you know, so for me, um, it's it's got to be that when when the monster hits you with the other hand, you know, it's all is going to just fall apart. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we are. Still here in Georgia specifically, right? Like there was no, there was no savior, particularly there was no white male savior, right? You know, it's that, that election was narrow. It wasn't no land. It wasn't landslide. I mean, I personally got in the streets and then we had a runoff and <laughs> then we had a runoff for the runoff. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, it was to the, it was to the hour. Mm-hmm. And and they're still emailing me like we 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 might lose this like in two years it's, mm-hmm. it's about to be gone like it is it's not even been ninety days and, yep. it, and it's already fret that all this is about to go away and so like for our out of Georgia state listeners we appreciate every one of you it's it's just like a war zone here in that sense it just you're shell shocked at least for me I particularly as I try to be active in in those type of uh engagements it's it's like we just did all this and yeah we painted georgia blue and those other parts but it's like just like that it's 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 already about to go away and and so as a creator it's just when when is there going to be the solid ground to rebuild right so we're kind of building our trying to build our creative and economic and social houses on the shifting sand that's on fire. <laughs> and it's just where, where do, where do you lay those planks that, uh, that don't make you sink or don't, or don't break. So it's, uh, it's still, still, uh, I feel like it's still the best time for a change because everything is so volatile. That's, I feel like that's where the positive the most positive opportunities and, and most fundamental shifts can happen. So all that's still good. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay, so, Falcon. What? I know, right? Okay, yeah, Black Captain yeah, yeah. America. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I, I might I might be Battlestar and, and not even <laughs> I'm here hyping everybody else up. You're so great. You're so great. And then if somebody hit me and I'm out. 
I'm over here the hype man. Like, I'm yes. like, what are you even saying? <laughs> like, I get what you're saying. I'm just like, all right, okay. Got right. to, got to. We here. I'm, I'm not leaving. So mm-hmm. I, we, we got to make it. We got to make it. So, but with that, you know, we still are. We're still making stuff. So let's, to your point, you know, let's let's end on a high note. Let's talk about what you've been up to and and kind of what's what's going forward. So we still have some time. What's what's been going on with you creatively? Um. So my comic, the the print copy, they have their first. Uh, I don't. What's it? Dr- not draft. What is it called when you get the copy back? The first one from the printer that you have to go. Oh yeah. Through? What's of it called? I, uh, see, I want to say revision, but then I want to say it's the. Um, you're gonna. I've I've got them myself. So I'm I know. I've done this is. too. I've done this too. I don't remember what it's called though. But it's the first one where they're like, okay, now we're gonna look at the coloring and make sure things are lined up properly and all of that stuff. So they got their first um copy of that and they showed it to me and I'm like, oh my God. So my comic is just that much closer to being printed in this anthology, the the Kamikaze Short Circuits anthology. And I'm excited and I, I want people to read it. Um, but it's weird because I don't own it. Like I, they paid me to write the story. So uh, it's like, I'm not selling it. I actually want to talk. We actually were supposed to schedule a meeting and I I messed that up. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I need to figure out if there's a way I can like have, you know, if I can sell it or something. I don't know. But I think it's really cool that I have that. So that's exciting for me. And um, I participated now, like virtual conventions are a thing. I'm starting to present at virtual conventions, which is interesting. Um, I don't, I've had mixed feelings about it. And I, I, I'm not ready to articulate them yet, but I'm finding my schedule starting to uh, start to get a little bit more full with potential speaking engagements. But it's still small scale. So, I mean, and that's fine. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. But it's happening. So and I guess that's why your whole thing in the beginning about am I ready to get back on this train? And part of me is like, no. Like I have opportunities that come to me and I just really want to keep saying no. <laughs> I, I, even though I enjoy it, I want to keep saying no. I don't know where that's coming from, except that maybe I'm still burnt out. And burnout is not a linear process. And mm-hmm. It takes way longer to recover from it than you ever, ever, ever thought. Um, that nonlinear part is the hardest thing because you feel like you're doing better and then you get hit with stuff and suddenly you're like, I don't want to touch anything. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to be involved with anything. Yeah. So and that could be what's really driving me. But yeah, so I'm I'm watching things start to happen. And one of the events was, you know, hosted by your uh virtual space gamer jibe that's the name of it right yep yeah yeah which is an interesting space i actually really like it it was very hard getting people to come there though yeah that's true you know but i think that's kind of you know i'll we'll talk to that but i think for the folks that did get a chance to come into that space and and have done it in, in other subsequent things that hopefully 
they can kind of see the the long term value and what we're trying to build out with it. But I'll talk to that, of course, you know, of, of how we've been working on that since last we spoke. But yeah. So, I mean, but as far as other projects, I am going to be writing my own comic. Um, but it's like a one-off little thing. It's not going to be a series or anything like that. It's going to be, it's going to be closer to a zine than anything. And I need to figure out how I'm going to do it because my my style of creating things is I, like I do multimedia type stuff. I think in terms I, I write, so I'm very verbal. So I'm very much about words, but I also like working with images. I like the play that you can get between them. And, you know, I, I want to think about how I create this this thing and have it be a different way of expressing myself and then i'm still working on the documentary even though i keep stalling on that because i get tired and i'm just like i don't feel like dealing with reality anymore um but yeah we're still working on the documentary and editing that and getting that to something where it's actually going to be a finished product so i do have several big projects that i'm working on um and i'm actually writing again not a lot but like i've been i've written a couple of essays one of them is being published in fabulized magazine and it is specifically speaking to the whole uh weight gain discussion that has been a huge part of covid not just you know the people gaining weight while in this pandemic but also our general view towards fat and fat phobia and um, how our society really pushes to curate our bodies in ways that are inhuman it's dehumanizing and it's inhumane so um, it's going to be a print copy but fabulized magazine and I think it'll also be a digital one so um, I'll be posting about that when I have more details as to where you know it can be picked up so yeah I mean there are things that are happening and one of the cool things has been a, being able to cultivate more of the relationships that I've built with various Black women I've met online and sharing space with them. Um, one of the panels that we did for HBCU Con, which is a convention created um, by CC the, the Geek, who is a Black woman cosplayer um, and activist. And I mean, like real life activists has worked in activist spaces um, outside of her cosplay. Uh, she and that's where your uh, virtual space was being utilized uh, and we did the panel on writing your first comic with Stephanie Williams who now writes for Marvel as well as various other outlets Erica Hardison who is the editor of Fabulize Magazine the creator and editor founder creator editor um, Ashley Davenport who is a local comic writer an artist and has her own like publishing company for her comic final beat comics and uh, Valerie complex who is a movie reviewer and the weekend editor for io9 and like being there with all of them and being like me and my little self-published nonsense f y'all but <laughs> you got <it. laughs> no, go ahead go ahead <laughs> But no, it was great. It was great being able to do that. And I think I was also on a cos. Was it a cosplay panel? It was another panel. Oh, it, no, it was She Saves the Day, which was hosted right. by 
uh, CC the Geek. And yeah, that was also a really cool space too. Like he had some really cool people on there. And yeah, it's been like doing that stuff is great. It's still kind of like, I mean, if Chana, CC the Geek, asks me to do something, I'll, I'll say yes most of the time. Like, Chana is awesome, and I really respect the stuff that she does. So, Agreed. just about anything she'll say, hey, you want to take part in this, or hey, I need your help with this, I got you. Like, I will do that. Um, Erica's another person. If she says she needs me for something, I'll be there. Valerie is another one. If she says she needs me for something, I'll be there. And these are people who I met online and have cultivated relationships that went into real like real like real space and i think i've only hung out with erica once and i've hung out with valerie twice and i've hung out with chana twice in real life and that's it but we have these very strong online relationships where we will collaborate on things all the time and that's pretty awesome so yeah that's yeah the short answer is no all 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 great folks and to that point uh you know did get a chance of course to, to collaborate and and enjoy uh, a lot of the the panels of work, you know, of of that team. So right on with that. And see, you've got a a nice laundry list of stuff uh, that you've been up to. So trying to think for me, like, (laughs) how do do you follow that? All Uh, the cool stuff you're doing, you're like, I work on, I've created this virtual space and I'm working with this company uh, doing that. I'm working with this theater company about uh, making an online space as well as, you know, helping them. Like, whatever, man. You got a whole list of stuff too. Why are you even playing that game with me? (laughs) Because none of it uh, gets finished. I I do stuff, but it doesn't uh, get completed. I think that's what it is. You Um, hosted the event. Like and you're hosting other events in your virtual space, right? Yeah. So that gets done. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's see. So <laughs> take it from the top. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to uh, to uh, to make it like I did some things. Let's see. So last we spoke, I did. Fin- Sorghum is finished. I guess it's from the top, right? So most. So Sorghum got finished at Christmas. We've been in revisions probably ever since. Um, I, I sent it out for um, print and proofs. Is that we That's the word. Yes. That, no, Zach, I was like, I'm in the middle of that myself. I was like, right, let me just start talking. Um, but yes. So um, we were just waiting for our, we've been just getting back proofs, um, getting it printed out of China. Got a pretty fair size order um, because we upgraded everything to hard cover. So we took on a little extra cost and some extra time to just be appreciative to the backers. So that book, again, we delivered it on Christmas at a Christmas miracle and sent that book digitally. And it's been a few months of trying to get that book right. And uh, working got picked up by a small press publisher. And I'm, I'm happy about that. That Ooh. Outland Entertainment uh, is going to help us not only uh, with the distribution, but in taking some next steps and just uh, taking some creative partnership been making more things and so that's been good so they picked up sorghum and spear and my other comic turnkey uh we got a chance uh with uh blanco which is by marco lopez and david brain uh so soon book got funded on kickstarter so they'll actually get made another thing that'll get made congratulations um, oh thank you thank you um got a chance to help a couple other folks on their campaigns and yeah, I've also announced that our anthology 
is is a thing. I'm still working on that in the background, but uh, we got Sri Renee Thomas um, to be our editor on a, a book with, uh, I think, sixteen writers, and uh, and and so we'll try to put that out. Um, I think I delivered my video game. Uh, I made um, made a couple apps and have just been working on on just building out subsume as like the thing that I'll do during the daylight hours. So I think that's really been a the it's not it was the passion project, but I think now just a necessity. Like all this stuff and all this money and all of this time has got to do. It's got to be something of that. And so I've been working on. I subsume as a technology, um, as an app that puts all the stuff together. And so that's been a, uh, one of 10, uh, secret bunker projects that, uh, I'm hoping will come to light very soon. Uh, we did have a black futures month in February. So I've got a lot of cool folks to come by and talk about technology and creativity and community, which are hallmarks of subsume. And so I did an eight hour, um, let's see. Well, let's see. It was ten to six, so I did an eight-hour stream. Wow! Uh, and I, I don't think I took a break. I just uh, rolled through it with just a lot of fantastic, uh, just a, a one-shot run. Uh, and it was great. It was some great conversations. And now trying to build uh, the next point of that, which is create creative Juneteenth, and so trying to look at some of the conversation we had earlier about. It being virtual, it being uh, physical. So I'm working on a way, and I hope to kind of share some of this here in like the next week or in basically the beginning of May of how we expect to do that. So we're going to try to make a, basically it'll be the same virtual space that we've had with Zoom, but we'll have a small, intimate, uh, physical physical connection, um, probably with like a single location that... uh, that we're going to try to work a, a set of programming around. So I'm still working on that, still putting all that stuff together, but, but uh, that it'll be a good signal for what I'd like to build in the future. And I think that's, that's about it. Just working on a couple of other projects with, um, with subsume from a um, creative standpoint. And I think outside of that, that's pretty much my creative calendar. Just trying to clear off my desk. So, and that, that's me. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. It 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 is. It's a lot. I can't I can't say it, it's a a small amount of things. I feel like it's more restitution than creation. I'm like just getting back to stuff I didn't do last year. But uh, I'm starting to understand that. Well done is better than well said. So not I didn't know that, but I think it's just let me just move on. Mm-hmm. I think the person that cares the most about <laughs> this is me. And the person probably worrying the most about this is me. So I just gotta get over myself and just get to some more books because the story is <laughs> these stories aren't gonna tell themselves. So I feel good about I feel good about at least hopefully giving my myself a little um what is it? Forgiveness for some things and try to look to be excited about some things to come. So just keep, just keeping up the, uh, keeping up the energy and, and making all this worth it. Yeah. I hear you. 
Yeah. And I think it will be. Hey. So, yeah. And again, and and we we got we got a a show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See? Right? So I, I was, of course, referring to this show, not like I got a television show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you gave you gave a very, <laughs> you gave a very. <laughs> I mean, different I conversation, different expression that I was expecting. Uh, so yeah, I'm talking about this show that I, we we finished the episode of New Wakanda. I, I, I knew that. I knew that. Okay. I was just I. I don't know what my reaction was except to be like, I guess yeah, this does count. I think I was like in my head being like, it does count as accomplishing something. You right. You right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> you made it like, oh, I got a television show. So no. <laughs> no, no. I was I think Making I went the same show. I think I just went into my own head. Like, yeah, we did just yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh no. I, I I appreciate that same level of excitement for our stuff though. So I'm I'm happy about it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, yeah, this I'm happy to do it. You know, I'm always happy to like, I'm happy to do it. Like I've actually been doing like a podcast on my Patreon, which Mm -hmm. is like an additional bonus for the people who decide to give me money each month. Um, Mm. But it's, it's kind of cathartic to be able to talk through some stuff Mm. and work through some things. And so like, I don't know, it's important to do it, but it's also work to do it. Right. I mean, everything is. Everything is effort. It takes effort to do all of this stuff. So it does. And but sometimes because it's you know if it's just you, you take it for granted, and we have to stop doing that. So no, you're right. We did this as a show. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're gonna celebrate. It's good. It's, and it is uh, about time to wrap this this good this good show up. So you know, with that, it's. Just again, it's uh, it's a it's a weird time, but I think it is a a good time for all of us to still be able to find ourselves in our, our creative journey and find the best parts about what we want to see in the world and still be able to make them a uh, reality. So for everybody out there creating and and doing their part, not only to create but also to support and and be part of this positive change that's coming, that we appreciate y'all and. For our listeners and, and for those who support us and, and support those you know like us, again we are we're forever in your debt. So thank you all so very much. And with that, we'll go ahead and get ready to close the show out. Any any final words on your end? Um, eh. thank you for listening. Yep, that, <laughs> that definitely counts. Thank, thank you for coming for back. <laughs> right. So yeah. So so we'll 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 try not to uh, make it another quarter. But at the same time, we will make it. So that's that's the point. We'll make it between there and there. So we appreciate everybody. Thank you so very much for listening to another episode of New Wakanda. Have a good one. Take care.